Hi guys, today I'd like to introduce you to videoblocks.com, a website that allows you to include sound effects for podcast or video background on your website. With videoblocks, there is no reason for your creative needs to be compromised due to budget constraints. You get studio quality stock including HD footage, After Effects templates, motion backgrounds and more for a fraction of the cost. Go to videoblocks.com and get exclusive discounts on millions of additional marketplace clips, where you save 40% and can use clips for commercial and personal projects. Videoblocks.com, all the stock footage you can imagine for $149 a year. Welcome everybody to another episode of Data Science at Home. In this episode, I'm going to continue what we started in the last episode uh, titled How to Master Optimization in Deep Learning. And uh, here I'm going to provide some additional strategies for optimizing gradient descent methods for neural networks. Now, in the last episode, I explained some of the most challenging tasks of deep learning and provided some methodologies and algorithms to improve the speed of convergence of uh, more or less any minimization method for deep learning, at least those that are currently considered by researchers and practitioners. I also explored the family of uh, gradient descent methods, even though not exhaustively, giving a list of approaches that deep learning researchers are considering today for different scenarios. Of course, every method has its own benefits and drawbacks, pretty much depending on the type of data and uh, data sparsity. But there is one method in particular that seems to be, at least empirically, the best approach so far. So feel free to listen to the previous episode, feel free to share it, rebroadcast, or just download for your commute. This is Data Science at Home, the podcast that makes machine learning and artificial intelligence easy for everyone. Here's your host, Francesco Caraletta. In this episode, I would like to continue that conversation about some additional strategies for optimizing gradient descent in deep learning and introduce you to some tricks and uh, give you some tips that might come useful whenever your neural network stops learning from data or when the learning process becomes so slow that it really seems it reached kind of a, a plateau even by feeding in fresh observations. Now the first approach that I'm going to speak about is called curriculum learning. So in order to train a neural network, a practitioner usually randomly selects observations in order to feed the model, which will start training and therefore optimizing the loss function, which in turn means tuning model parameters, as we mentioned in the previous episode. Usually, shuffling samples is a good practice to perform from one learning epoch to another. However, there are some cases in which feeding the network with observations in a specific order seems to work better than simply shuffling them. And since a better training procedure usually leads to faster optimization and in turn to better model parameters, it is interesting to understand when the order of observations can indeed make a difference. 
Such cases are those in which samples become more and more difficult to predict, a bit in the flavor of adaptive learning methods that indeed adapt according to how difficult it is to classify certain observations. So these models usually start learning from easy cases and keep learning on cases that are harder and harder to classify or to regress uh, if the model is uh, a classifier or a regressor respectively. And so, while there is not a really a theoretical explanation of why is that the case, it has been shown empirically that in such pathological situations, forcing the network to learn from samples that are harder and harder to predict seems to improve performance and speed. This method goes under the name of curriculum learning. Uh, to be fair, however, the authors of the original paper showed such training capabilities with a, uh, an LSTM network, uh, so a long short-term memory network, that has sequential order by design. LSTM networks indeed are considered for uh, natural language processing tasks most of the time. And uh, in such tasks, every word is represented in a contextual window of preceding words. And so in such cases, it is quite normal to think that maintaining a specific order in the sequence might be beneficial to the network with respect to a more, let's say, randomized or shuffled approach. This method is not absolutely new. Uh, the very first approach has been proposed in um, a paper titled Curriculum Learning uh, by Joshua Benjo and others uh, back in 2009. And the hypothesis at the time was that uh, curriculum learning had both an effect on the speed of convergence of the training process to a minimum and in the case of non-convex criteria on the quality of the local minima obtained. So basically, curriculum learning could be seen as a particular form of continuation method. A continuation method is basically a general strategy for global optimization of non-convex functions. Again, in the previous episode, we mentioned what a convex function is and how non-convex functions look like and why optimization in such cases might be extremely hard, if not impossible. So the most recent paper about curriculum learning uh, is very, very, very recent, in 2017 as we speak, uh, and is titled Automated Curriculum Learning for Neural Networks, presented by Alex Graves. And uh, in this paper, uh, Alex and the other authors introduce a method for automatically selecting the path that a neural network follows through a curriculum so as to maximize learning efficiency. And in the paper, they consider two distinct indicators of the learning progress. The first is the rate of increase in prediction accuracy, and the second is the rate of increase in network complexity. Then uh, the path is determined automatically by an algorithm that is driven by a reward function that is the amount that the network learns from each data sample. Experimental results for LSTM networks show that this approach can accelerate learning, in some cases even halving the time to convergence. Another method that can make convergence to the minimum faster and therefore improve the quality of the model parameters is called batch normalization. 
Now, before introducing the batch normalization approach and uh, explaining in details what batch normalization actually means, let me speak about one additional issue that might occur and usually occurs during training deep neural networks. So with deep networks, the distribution of each layer's inputs can change quite consistently due to the fact that as the inputs change, the model parameters keep changing too during training. And this fact is even more present uh, whenever we deal with deeper networks. Now, in order to deal with the constantly changing parameters, a deep learning programmer or practitioner can set lower learning rates. But lower learning rates will slow down convergence overall and therefore make learning slower. Now, it seems that we cannot escape this fundamental problem between changing parameters and learning rates. So this phenomenon, as I said, is even more emphasized with deeper networks just for one reason, because in deeper network, there is a, a, it's very easy to saturate nonlinearities across layers. Now, it has been shown, however, how by initializing values of parameters with zero mean and unit variance, that is normalizing the parameters across layers and by updating them as training progresses for every mini batch and then of course back propagating uh, uh, these parameters to the to the input of the network it is possible to use higher learning rates and therefore it is possible to pay much less attention to the initial values of the parameters and this not only makes learning more robust, but also speeds up the training, has higher learning rates, need less iterations to converge to a minimum. However, uh, batch normalization acts as a regularizer as well. Uh, this can also be considered as a benefit uh, many times, and indeed this requires less dropout, and therefore it can mitigate the problem of overfitting. There is a um, seminal paper that uh, uh, introduces the batch normalization approach. The paper is titled Batch Normalization Accelerating Deep Network Training by Reducing Internal Covariate Shift. It has been introduced by Sergei Yoffe and uh, uh, Christian uh, Zegedi. You can find the link to the archive in the, uh, in the show notes. Now let's focus on another method that mitigates the problem of overfitting and is referred to as early stopping. A common practice to avoid overfitting and to avoid training a neural network more than needed consists in stopping the training procedure before overfitting actually occurs. Detecting when a network is starting to overfit the data is, of course, not easy. It's not easy at all, and one of the few methods to detect when the network is not learning anything new about the data consists in observing the validation error calculated on a specific dataset, which is called the validation set. Now, if the validation error is not improving any further, that is actually a clear sign that additional training will likely not add anything new to the current model parameters. So just switch off that GPU and be happy with the current accuracy because the only improvement to the network will come from uh, changing its architecture, so changing the topology, which means how, net, 
uh, how layers and neurons are connected to each other or just by extending the training set with fresh data. In order to improve learning and reduce time of convergence, many researchers rely on newer network architectures or better activation functions in the neurons. There is, however, an easier solution with lower overhead. This solution consists in adding gradient noise following the Gaussian distribution to each gradient update. The authors of this method show how this technique reduces overfitting due to randomization, of course, and sometimes it also leads to lower training loss, which means better optimization. The scientific explanation of such phenomenon, that indeed sounds a bit too probabilistic, is that by adding noise, they give to the model more chances to escape and therefore find new local minima. A bit in the flavor of uh, an algorithm that comes from the past, it's called simulated annealing for those who are familiar with Markov chains. Also, in that method, indeed, it is possible to escape local minima by restarting minimization from a random location in the function space and hope that by chance the minimizer will start exploring a space far from the local minimum if we are stuck anytime in there. This improvement makes a lot more sense for high-dimensional problems and very, very deep architectures. So the authors tried this approach on a fully connected 20-layer deep network, first trained with a standard gradient descent and poor parameter initialization, then they added some noise, which reduced in turn the error rate by 70%. 70% is a lot and really doesn't sound that random after all. More details can be read from their paper published in 2015 with the title Adding Gradient Noise Improves Learning for Very Deep Networks. Of course, I will add this to the show notes as well. That's all for today. With this episode, you should know a bit more about optimization strategies for deep learning. I hope you enjoy the show. This episode is supported by Abe AI. The ABAI platform joins advanced financial machine learning and natural language processing to give banks the ability to engage and support customers at scale using artificial intelligence. Visit abe.ai to see how we are changing the financial services industry or how you can join our team. This was Data Science at Home, the podcast that makes machine learning and artificial intelligence easy for everyone. If you like the show, Don't forget to write a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Podbean. You can also find us on datascienceathome.com, where you can subscribe to our newsletter and get the latest updates. Thanks for listening. Hey, are you still there? Well, let me tell you about the newsletter of Data Science at Home. It's my free digest of the best content in artificial intelligence, data science, predictive analytics, and computer science. Subscribe now, datascienceathome.com.